WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. The high going to be 37. Tonight, an overnight clear, low 26. And then Thursday, mostly sunny, high 40. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 32 and clear in New Rochelle up in Westchester County. 35 and clear in Absecon down in New Jersey. And it is 32 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. It is Valentine's Day. It's one of the more frightening days for most men around the country because you have to figure out exactly what to do to make it right on this Valentine's Day. I have four brothers. One of them does something different for his wife every year, which is annoying to me because then, of course, it gets back to my wife and I'm just not as creative. He married his high school sweetheart. So it's a lot of Valentine's Days he's gone through uh, decades of them. And he always does something kind of creative on Valentine's Day. And um, I have not fallen into that trap. And I hope you don't either, where the wife She's not trying to set me up, but she always says the same thing. Let's, you know, we don't need to do anything for Valentine's Day. It's fine. There has to be some acknowledgement or you're, <laughs> you're up a creek. So I, it's 501. She's sleeping. Uh, I think anyway. I mean, chances are she's not up at 501 and I has still haven't completely figured out what I'm going to do, but I imagine I am like most men out there. You haven't probably figured it out either. So hopefully in the next couple hours, we will all figure it out together. So we're still married at the end of the day. Uh, last night, Tom Swazi winning the congressional seat that was held by George Santos, uh, defeating, uh, Mozzie Pillup in that special election in the third district. Uh, Swazi now will, uh, look to be sworn in as soon as Thursday. It's not sure whether that's going to happen. It ended up the race and was not as close as the polls had shown it to be. We won! <laughs> Yeah, it was a big night at Swazi campaign headquarters, as you might expect. Uh, he was pretty excited that he won the race. Uh, he felt like Mozzie Pillip had said stuff about him that wasn't true. She felt the same way about Swazi. He's Santos 2.0. We don't really know anything about her. Yeah, so that was a part of what went on. When he took the stage last night, uh, after he realized he had won, a group of protesters initially interrupted his speech. These were Palestinian protesters. Okay. Yeah, so you can imagine that was a little crazy, but he eventually got his winning speech in. This race was fought amidst a closely divided electorate, much like our whole country. This race was centered on immigration and the economy, much like the issues all across our country. We won this race. We, you, won this race. Because we addressed the issues and we found a way to bind our divisions. Now, over at Pillup headquarters, you might guess things were a little more somber, but she gave a pretty good concession speech. I just want to say how much I'm proud of you. Each one of you worked so hard every single day in the last eight weeks, and we did a great job. We are fighters. 
Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. I'm so proud to be part of this amazing organization, the Republican Party. You love this country. So let's keep it up, and we're going to continue to fight because we are not going to give up. We're going to bring common sense government. I promise you. So as a result of the win last night, Republicans already narrow House majority has been reduced a little bit more. So they have 219 seats to the Democrats, 213. So a lot of questions going to be asked today. Did the weather play a factor in the race yesterday? Well, Probably it did. But the question is, did it hurt Democrats or Republicans more? You would think uh, both of them would have a hard time driving around in the snow. There were 250 crashes in uh, Long Island yesterday. Uh, yesterday, 82 of them were in Nassau County. But when you spoke to voters in the district yesterday, they said they were going to drive through the snow just to pull a lever for their candidate. I know that it's supposed to get worse later. And right now there was like a layer of ice underneath and then it's like six to seven inches of snow above that. So I was like, I better go before it starts like really snowing, which it is right now. Yeah. So there were some Republicans saying last night that the snow played a factor. But I would think wouldn't it make sense that it would play a factor for both the Democrats and the Republicans? If I have to, I will ski there. I decided I want to get my vote in early in case, say, oh, maybe it snowed on election day. Actually, I voted Saturday, and what made me vote is the possibility of a snowstorm. Yes, so there was a lot of, a fair amount of early voting, not a lot of voting on election day. It wasn't the only race, by the way. The 77th Assembly District up in the Bronx, they had an election last night. Democrat Landon Deus won over Republican Norman McGill. Deus, uh, speaking with News 12, just moments after finding out he'll be representing his borough up in Albany. I'm excited. I am honored. I'm humbled that the people of the 77th made their voices heard. They came out in one of the largest snowstorms in two years uh, to say that I was their candidate, that they wanted to represent them in Albany. We built a coalition uh, from the Latino community, the African-American community, the West African communities, to make sure that their voices would be heard in yeah. the 77. So this race, unlike the Swazi Pillip race, was probably not really in question. The, Dem- the Dems uh, really ruled the roost. The district covers the neighborhoods of Morris Heights, Highbridge, Concourse, Mount Eden, and Claremont. Deus will be taking the seat that left vacant after Latoya Joyner resigned last month. Deus could be sworn in as early as today. Well, the snow stopped falling like about two, one o'clock here in the city yesterday. Here in Manhattan, it almost for some parts didn't even look like it had snowed. But the minute you went out to some of the boroughs, it did look like it had snowed. Uh, when I pulled out and then went into Jersey City, which is all of, what, two and a half miles, three miles from here, it was a winter wonderland when I pulled into Jersey City. So it was odd how this storm sort of weaved its way through the tri-state. Some people getting a lot of snow, some people getting none, almost none at all. The city's emergency management commissioner was worried about coastal flooding last night. Uh, one of the things we are concerned about later today and into tomorrow morning is as the temperatures warm up, we could see some of the snow melt. Uh, that could then turn to ice when it refreezes. Yes, yeah, so, so far we haven't seen anything too bad happen. We'll watch that this morning. Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tish had her crews out plowing overnight. And from what I can tell anyway, not a whole lot of complaints. Streets seem to be pretty clear. We're now observing one to two feet of coastal flooding uh, in New York Harbor and Jamaica Bay, uh, as well as further areas further north uh, into the Sound. Uh, down in the southern parts of the city, the tide is peaking. 
We need all property owners to clear paths on the sidewalk in front of their property so that the sidewalks are safe and passable for New Yorkers. Yeah, so thousands of workers did work through the night clearing whatever streets they didn't get to during the day that were snow covered. So we have thousands of sanitation workers working through the day today and all night. We started mainly as a salt spreading operation. We ran all 700 of our salt spreaders. Uh, Mayor Adams talking about the snowstorm here. And I really want to thank New Yorkers. Uh, uh, Jessica, I think they heard you. They were not on the street. You know, cars were not out there. People were uh, home. Yeah, the city was really quiet yesterday. So Central Park in the end got three and a half inches. But in Coney Island, they got seven inches. I mean, this storm was really sort of all over the place. Sparta out in New Jersey, a foot of snow. Farmingdale, Long Island, four inches. Out at Newark Airport, five inches. Where I was, four to five inches. So, uh... The big deal yesterday as the snow was falling is that New York City schools went remote. It was the first time that had happened since the pandemic. It was a bit of a disaster. I would say maybe it was a disaster. People had a hard time logging on to classrooms. Uh, Lots of people frustrated. Parents who were working from home yesterday with their kids said, I tried to log on and I could not. I think it's a bit disastrous. We are not equipped to do successful remote learning with 24 hours notice. It'd be a lot easier if they could just have a snow day like we used to have and, and go have some fun. Yeah, that was the big complaint yesterday is why not just give the kids a snow day? But I guess there's just not snow days built into the calendar anymore because there's so many holidays. The remote learning makes it extremely challenging as a parent to try to get your own personal work done. Meanwhile, trying to loop in all of their Zoom meetings that have to happen. I feel like it's been just a mad dash and a lot of course correction. And it's a shame because it, it could have been a better day. Yeah, it brought people right back to the bad old days of the pandemic. Remember trying to sign on with your kids then. Stevie, a third grader, says uh, she's seen better days. It's going horrible because my mom has to work and I'm just sitting in the back room listening to like so many minutes of learning. Yeah, so they did at some point fix this problem, but you can imagine once the kids weren't able to sign on, they of course signed on to Xbox or something else or turned on the TV. We don't have all the supplies that we need for school in my house. So it's kind of a little bit hard and challenging. Yeah, Stevie sounds like one of those students who likes to go to school. The Department of Education says it's going to conduct a full analysis after this glitch prevented thousands of New York City schools kids from signing on. You can't fully simulate a day like this. Unless you're telling all, you know, close to a million kids to just stay home and we're going to practice for a snow day. So what we did was we had all of the students with their devices in school, making sure we were testing everything out. Department of Education Chancellor David Banks there. But uh, there were a lot of students who say they did not have devices that were working. So that was part of the problem as well. I want to apologize to all the parents and families across the city. Uh, as I said, this was a test. I don't think that we passed this test. No. And... Uh, So we'll be doing a full analysis of what happened. Yeah, so the issue, again, is there's no snow days built into the calendar anymore because there's so many holidays on the school calendar. Days that if, in fact, it was a snow day, you could just have a snow day and everybody could just go outside and have fun. If we were to do that now, we would subject ourselves to not meeting the requisite number of days that we must meet. For state law. Yeah, and they already go to the end of the June. So uh, the other people who were able to enjoy the snow, which was everybody apparently outside New York City, so many suburban schools were shut down yesterday. Uh, since I have the blower, it, I would not say it was that hard. It took me like 40 minutes. I had to take off work. They closed the job down. 
Yes, yeah, so people were home shoveling. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job. All across the tri-state streets seem to be pretty clear pretty quickly. I love the snow. I like being outdoors. Snow is good. We're due for it, I guess. I thought we'd have more by now, but obviously not. Yeah, so some places where the prediction was higher, it didn't happen that way. Others where the prediction was a little lower, they got a little more. And we can use it for many things. Building snowman, building an igloo like I am. It's thicker snow, but it's not that bad. Shoveling the driveway. Yeah, so today we'll see some melt-off because it's going to warm up to almost 40 degrees. Same for uh, Thursday, so that it'll be that wet, heavy snow. Maybe you were out shoveling it yesterday. It was kind of wet and heavy quickly. It'll only be more so today as things start to melt a whole little bit more. Of course, we'll, uh, there's nothing in the forecast, by the way. Another snowstorm. The weather looks pretty good for the next week or so. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam. Wow. This might be the first time ever you were uh, early. Oh, did I go to you early? Well, I mean, it's just turned at the 15th. Oh. But it's all right. I was ready to go. So yeah. I think you saw that I was uh, prepared. You were, time. and I could only talk about snow for about six more seconds, <laughs> yeah. so I sent it to you. Especially when it's the slushy, dirty stuff. Yeah, that that's nasty. Yeah, that's, uh, nobody likes that. We'll start on the hardwood here. Uh, Noam, the Nets lost to the Boston Celtics at home by a score of 118 to 110 last night, thanks to a 41 performance out of Boston star Jason Tatum. Uh, Mikael Bridges scored 27 points, and Cam Thomas had 26 for the Nets, who lost for the fourth time in five games. Didn't have much success in figuring out what else they can do against Tatum, who tied a career high by scoring 31 points before halftime. Backup center Daron Sharp returned with six points after missing 15 games with a hyperextended left knee and starting forward Cam Johnson. He was out with an adductor strain. He could be back Wednesday for or today for a Nets team that has gotten some healthy bodies back lately. Still, not enough bodies back, uh, not enough of them back to beat the Celtics, who won for the ninth time. In the last uh, 10 meetings between the two teams tonight, the Knicks return to action on the road, getting set to visit the Orlando Magic for a 7 p.m. tip. A huge upset to cover quickly in college basketball as Syracuse stunned number 7 North Carolina 86-79 to last night. Judah Mintz scored 25 points, including 16 in the second half, and J.J. Starling had 13 of his 23 points in the second half. The Orange shot 63% from the field and 47% from three. The loss was North Carolina's third in five games. On the ice in Elmont, the Islanders fell short against the visiting Seattle Kraken, falling by a score of 2-1, to one, thanks to a Tomas Tatar winner uh, for Seattle in a shootout. Kyle Palmieri scored an early Sorokin stopped 29 shots in New York's second consecutive defeat. Islanders forward Oliver Wallstrom, Bo Horvat, and Matthew Barzal were all denied in the shootout. You'll see the Islanders next Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the Rangers in that stadium series matchup. As for the Devils last night in Nashville, Nico Heischer scored twice to lead the Devs to a 4-2 victory over the Predators. Timo Meyer and Jack Hughes also scored, and Nico Dawes made 30 saves for the Devs, winner of back-to-back games on consecutive nights. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Elk on 77 WABC. And look at that, you threw it back to me right on time. Wow! You are a pro. <laughs> I just didn't know, well that, see, that uh, remains to be seen, but... You know, the, the jury's still out on that one. Okay. Thank you, you know, the jury's back. <laughs> <laughs> WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to Washington. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been impeached by Republicans in a historic House vote. One that failed last week uh, got through this week. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. 
House Majority Leader Steve Scalise. He was back in D.C. yesterday after receiving cancer treatments, giving Republicans the necessary votes to overcome their razor-thin majority, get the impeachment over the finish line. It was 214 to 213. First cabinet official to be impeached since the 1870s. Mayorkas facing scrutiny from Republicans over his handling of the southern border. Several House Republicans say he committed high crimes misdemeanors. Things now head to the Senate where an acquittal is almost certain. President Biden urging the House to immediately pass military funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Indo-Pacific. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. Biden says there's no question the bipartisan legislation would pass in the House after clearing the Senate. Not sure that's true. There's no question that the Senate bill was put on the floor in the House of Representatives. It would pass. And the speaker knows that. White House, uh, uh, you know, going full force on this. You had Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about this bill. The president urges the House to send this legislation to his desk immediately so that he can sign it into law. But the legislation faces really uncertain path in the House. Speaker Mike Johnson opposed to it due to a lack of border policy changes. Border provisions were removed from the Senate bill after Republicans said the changes did not go far enough. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin released from the hospital yesterday afternoon. Secretary Austin is still at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and is in good condition. Yeah, but now he's back home. Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks there had been serving as the acting secretary since his hospitalization. Austin expected to resume his duties later today. The defense secretary was hospitalized last month for an infection related to surgery for prostate cancer. The incident, of course, sparked all kinds of controversy after it was found out that Austin did not reveal his diagnosis of prostate cancer until almost a month after it was discovered. President Biden slamming Donald Trump over his recent comments on NATO. The former president has said a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Trump recently warned NATO allies that as president, he would encourage Russia to do whatever they want to member countries who aren't spending enough on defense. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. Boy, they've been putting Biden out there a lot since that special counsel report that said he had memory issues. He's been out almost every single day. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he spoke with Russian detainee Paul Whelan on Monday. Whelan has been held in Russia for more than five years. Blinken said he'll continue intensive efforts to bring Whelan home every day. He said that also goes for other Americans detained abroad, including journalist Evan Gershkovich. This is at least the third time he's had a phone call with ex-Marine Whelan. I'm Lisa Taylor. WABC News Time 522. A German travel company has smashed earning expectations. In Berlin, Trent Murray says it's a further sign of the travel sector showing strong signs of recovery post-pandemic. TUI announced better-than-expected Q1 results. Meanwhile, revenues soared 15% year-on-year, which the company said was driven by higher demand and improved prices and rates. The last three months of 2023 also saw a jump in passenger numbers, with the German company saying it served 3.5 million travellers, compared with 3.3 million in the year earlier quarter. Trent Murray, Berlin.
Those numbers good, but flight attendants staging informational pickets at airports around the world yesterday, including Tampa International. They're looking for better pay, better working conditions. Aaron Doherty is with the United Flights Attendant, says they want to be treated like professionals. The company has industry-leading flight attendants that are doing industry-leading work. They have industry profits that they've never had before. There have been some cancellations over the last 24 hours. The flight attendant says it has nothing to do with them. It was all about the weather. We're the forward-facing group. We're most customer interaction. And my workspace is your travel space. So we want to make it great for everybody, but we need some serious talks at the table. All these flight attendants are working for the same pay and same work conditions. We don't get paid to sit on the ground when we're waiting for our flights. We only get paid when we're flying. So we're just looking for what we feel like we deserve. WABC News Time 524. Students planning to pursue tech careers are now facing a shrinking job market. Major tech companies have laid off thousands of employees in the past year, and experts say the job market is becoming more competitive. Sonoma State economics professor Dr. Robert Eiler says the industry saw record profits during the pandemic, but now future grads are facing a different economic pattern. That means the trend could slow down the number of job openings. His advice to students, be patient, get your foot in the door, then work up the ladder. Nika Magalhis, NBC News Radio. That taking place as consultants and executives Executives say that AI could soon upend a much bigger share of white-collar jobs, including middle and high-level managers. Companies have attributed more than 4,600 job cuts to AI, particularly in media and tech. This is according to outplacement firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. The firm estimates that the full tally of AI-related job cuts is likely higher since many companies haven't explicitly linked cuts to AI in layoff announcements. Unlike previous waves of automation tech, AI has the power to create content and then synthesize ideas, the kind of knowledge work that millions of people now do behind computers. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. Okay, it is Valentine's Day. Two women from San Diego hope their new app helps battle loneliness in adults. The new app is called Wiser Friends, W-Y-Z-R. It helps folks aged 40 and above connect with new people. The co-founders are Carolyn Kelly and Taylor J from San Diego. They say thousands have already joined the platform since it officially launched last month. The app helps you find your people, plus suggests activities. The co-founders will also present to the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. They'll share the app's impact on loneliness. I'm Lucinda Kay. Love Mentors giving some advice on this Valentine's Day. They say it's probably not a good day to go on to the apps if you're feeling lonely. Kathy Bronza, a relation expert in Florida, says it's... You know, you don't want to do the swipe left, swipe right today uh, because, well, she just says, well, here, I'll let her explain. So compromising. It's not intentional. It's the opposite of intentional dating. It's putting oneself out there in just an open and vulnerable sort of way to say that anything goes. So I guess the swiping frenzy, it's known as avalanching. The practice might see people throw out their regular dating non-negotiables, such as age or location, so that they secure a date before the most romantic day of the year. So relationship, uh, relationship experts say that's just a horrendous idea. And Valentine's Day is all about love, but what 
if your heart is broken. To help mend a broken heart, zoos across the nation are allowing people to adopt an animal in the name of your ex. No fluffy koalas here. This is all about the dung beetle, hissing cockroaches, rats, and snakes. Prices are generally $20 or less, and some come with a digital certificate to help you move on. I'm Bree Tennis. The opening bell it rings this morning after stocks closed sharply lower yesterday. Stocks dropped in a broad sell-off on fears the Fed may be prompted to dial back rate cuts this year due to inflation rates. All three major averages fell about 1.5% after coming off session lows in the final hour of trading. At the closing bell, the Dow fell 524 points. S&P 500 lost 68. The Nasdaq plunged 287 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yes, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, the high 37. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 27. And then Thursday, mostly sunny, high 40. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 32 clear in New Rochelle up in Westchester County. 35 and clear in Absecon down in New Jersey. And it is 31, a couple clouds here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour uh, talking about that train shooting that took place in the Bronx on Monday afternoon during the afternoon rush. They still have not found the people they are looking for that were involved in the gunfire. Maybe you're not familiar with this story. A train pulling into the Mount Eden station of the Bronx about 4.30 on Monday. Bullets fly. Uh, five people injured. One person killed. Now police are saying, initially they thought there was one gunman involved. Now police believe there were three gunmen involved. And they're saying this is all connected connected to gang violence, which is frightening, which means maybe this gang violence stuff is ratcheting up again. Detectives believe they've identified one of the people they've wanted, but there's still time to identify two others that they've seen in surveillance video from the train station. If you can imagine a chaotic scene, you have a crowded train pulling onto a crowded platform, one shot being fired. Now everybody's trying to scramble to get off the platform. Uh, among the victims ranging in age from 14 to 71, one was pronounced dead at St. Barnabas Hospital, later identified 35-year-old Obed Beltran Sanchez, just an innocent bystander who was standing on the platform when the bullets flew off this train car. The injuries to the five others, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 28-year-old, a 29-year-old, and a 71-year-old. Thankfully, they are all expected to survive. Some of those also innocent bystanders. One of the station agents who was at the train station when this train pulled in and the bullets flew spoke to Eyewitness News. Everybody's running outside. People are jumping on top of each other. It was crazy. She got shot with the blood coming coming from the, the face, from the neck, and she tried to get a help from me. The strap hangers talking just how frantic this scene was. They could hear the bullets whizzing by. They did not know where they were coming from. People running down the stairs of the elevated tracks to get away. Police say the shootout gang related. They say the two groups 
are believed to have come together in just this chance encounter on the train. One group boarded at 125th Street in Manhattan, the other 161st Street in the Bronx near Yankee Stadium. And that's when things went downhill very quickly. The head of the transit union, Richard Davis, says more has to be done to protect riders and his workers. They have to focus some more resources onto the platforms and the stations with police presence. We have police again this morning telling us. Anybody with information on these people they're looking for, and you can see them, by the way, go to wabcradio.com. We have pictures of the three cops are looking for. They ask you to, of course, turn those people in. Out to New Jersey. Each day we get a little more on this case that's being built against Senator Bob Menendez and his wife. Federal prosecutors allege Senator Bob Menendez and his wife told at least two people that she inherited gold bars from her mother, the same gold bars that the FBI has alleged were part of payments to the senator and his wife as part of this wide-ranging bribery scheme. The FBI had said some of the gold bars were bribe payments that were made to the senator by New Jersey developer Fred Dabes. In exchange, Dabes allegedly wanted the state's senior senator to pressure the New Jersey U.S. Attorney's Office to go easy on him in connection with a separate bank fraud case. Prosecutors yesterday providing more detail on the tens of thousands in cash they found in Menendez's home. In addition to envelopes of cash allegedly found in jackets, they found boots with money and stuffed inside. There were uh, $5,000 found in $50 bills inside those boots. Investigators also say two bags of cash were found on top of a large rack of clothes hangers. In those bags, $100,000 in cash. The FBI says Menendez and his wife accepted cash, gold bars, a Mercedes-Benz, mortgage payments, other items of value as part of this wide-ranging bribery scheme. The judge now has set a trial date for May Six WABC News Time five thirty eight. Let's go out to Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Tragic scene there. A woman dead after she was hit by falling bricks in front of a brownstone. And the seventy four year old was clearing off snow off the steps of her three story building. This was Sixth Avenue and Fifty Fourth Street when a large piece of the brick facade came tumbling down, hit her in the head. Very tragedy, and I feel very sad because I I, I know her. We always talk. And I never asked her name. Never. I mean, I don't know. First responders raced to the scene. They did what they could to try to get her back to life. They drove her as fast as they could to the hospital. She passed away there. If that happened to me, I would be very scared. Like, if it happened to any of my family, I would also be, like, really, really sad and upset. Department of Buildings conducting a full inspection of the building. They issued, actually, a vacate order. They also issued a violation to the property owner for failure to maintain the building. City contractors were on the scene installing a sidewalk shed around the building to protect the public from going anywhere near the front door. Up to Westchester County, a flag flap. We've seen this in a bunch of towns, not just in the tri-state, but across the country. What flags can you uh, fly in front of your town hall and which ones can't you? And now they're trying to sort this out in New Rochelle City Council meeting last night, agreeing to come up with a clear set of policies for raising and removing non-city state or American flags that fly on city property. The issue in New Rochelle is they've been flying the Israeli flag since the October 7th massacre. Now is an opportunity to move forward and codify practice so that we can make it as neutral as possible while still honoring the diversity of our city. Yeah, so the flag went up last October and the days following the 
the Israel-Hamas war also. They did it without a vote. The mayor then, Noam Bransom, was the one who pushed it through. Now the current mayor, Yadira Ramos Herbert, was a member of the city council at the time. She supported the flag uh, then. The presence of the Israeli flag. At... Oh, by the way, these were some people who spoke out at this meeting last night. The presence of the Israeli flag at City Hall here in New Rochelle makes me feel unsafe. Knowing that the flag was flying over City Hall gave us a lot of comfort. Yes, so now the thought is maybe we should just not fly any flag that's not the American flag. Uh, One of the city council members actually visited Israel after the attacks. I had the chance to go to Israel and really appreciate the connection. Raise the flags high. Be proud to raise the flags high. So the plan right now is to keep the Israeli flag where it is until the end of the month when it's scheduled to be replaced for Black History Month. We'll see what happens there. Mayor Adams responding to a state bill that aims to ban his 30 and 60 day limits for migrants at city shelters, calling the migrant situation a national crisis that was placed upon him. Adams says without this ban, there would be 177,000 migrants in the city's care today. We came up with a real plan that allow people to take the next step on their journey in this country and pursuing the American dream. So the mayor, during his uh, Q&A yesterday, press conference, City Hall, says they are trying to be responsible and humane, saying children shouldn't grow up in a shelter. The bill's sponsors, Assemblywoman uh, Catalina Cruz and Senator Brad Hoyleman-Siegel, call the restrictions on the stays for new migrants inhumane and cruel. We are being not only responsible, we're being humane as we invest in the future of our migrants and asylum seekers. No child or family should grow up in a hotel or in a herc. There are about 67,000 migrants right now in the city's care. The buses still rolling in from the U.S.-Mexico border from Texas to New York. Just in time for Valentine's Day, a new ranking says the Garden State's most romantic restaurant is a short drive from here, the city. Wedding information website The Knot says the High Lawn in West Orange is New Jersey's most romantic eatery. Hello, young lover, whoever you are. May I call you, darling? Located just alongside Eagle Rock Reservation with a prime view of the New York City skyline, the restaurant features a great outdoor bar for those warmer nights coming up this spring and summer. And the High Lawn just so happens to be where I was married just a couple years back. So hopefully this report gets me nothing but brownie points this Valentine's Day. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. I've never seen anybody angle for a free meal on Valentine's Day like that report. This story keeps coming into me from all different people. So uh, I wanted to cover it, but I wanted to talk to some people first. Animal advocates are pushing to save these baby pigeons that keep getting stuck in nets next to this Upper East Side building. At least two birds have been taken to the Wild Bird Fund, which is a wildlife rehabilitation center. There's this netting that's put in place to protect people. It's one of these, you know, awnings that goes up when they're building things. Well, apparently pigeons have been nesting inside the netting. And then when the baby birds are born, they're not able to get out of the netting and they get caught and they die inside there. Well, it was an unthinking situation. Yes, you want to have the pigeons leave this area, but you don't trap them. To starve, to die of dehydration. Yeah, someone sent me pictures of this. The birds getting caught in the netting, and you could see they're like dead little baby birds above ground. And 
it's not just the animal advocates. It's very good people who say, yeah, this seems kind of cruel. So animal rescuers say they'd like to collaborate with the building's contractors to safely get the birds out of the building before the put the netting back up. Uh, so we'll see if that takes place. But right now, that netting still there this morning. The building, by the way, we reached out to them and they said they'll do whatever they can to help protect those pigeons. If that includes taking the netting down and then putting it up so it doesn't trap those birds underneath the netting. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Lennon. We'll begin on the hardwood here. The Nets lost to the Boston Celtics at home by a score of 118 to 110 last night thanks to a 41 Point performance out of Boston star Jason Tatum. Mikel Bridges scored 27 points, and Cam Thomas had 26 for the Nets, who lost for the fourth time in five games. Didn't have much success in figuring out what else they could do against Tatum, who tied a career high by scoring 31 points before halftime. Backup center Daron Sharp returned with six points after missing 15 games with a hyperextended left knee, and starting forward Cam Johnson with that adductor strain. Could be back today for a Nets team that has gotten some healthy bodies back lately. Still, not enough of them to beat the Celtics, who won for the ninth time in the last ten meetings between the two teams. Tonight, the Knicks return to action on the road, getting set to visit the Orlando Magic for a 7 p.m. tip-off. A huge upset to cover quickly in college basketball with Syracuse stunned number 7. North Carolina, 86-79 last night. Judah Mintz scored 25 points, including 16 in the second half, and J.J. Starling had 13 of his 23 points in the second half. The Orange shot 63% from the field and 47% from three. The loss was North Carolina's third in five games. On the ice in Elmont, the Islanders fell short against the visiting Seattle Kraken, falling by a final score of 2-1 to one, thanks to Tom Oz Tatar, winner for Seattle in a shootout. Kyle Palmieri scored it. Elias Sorokin stopped 29 shots in New York's second consecutive defeat. Islanders forward Oliver Wallstrom, Bo Horvat, and uh, Matthew Barzal were all denied in the shootout. As for the Devils last night in Nashville, Nico Heischer scored twice to lead the Devs to a 4-2 victory. Over the Preds, Timo Meyer and Jack Hughes also scored, and Nico Dawes made 30 saves for the Devils, winners of back-to-back games on consecutive nights. That's your sports know, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Democrat Tom Swazi will take over the congressional seat once held by Republican George Santos. He defeated Mozzie Pillip in that special election last night. Here's what it sounded like at his campaign headquarters out on Long Island. We won! <laughs> Now, Swazi, of course, a well-known name. He vacated that seat in 2022 in an unsuccessful run for governor. But now he's going to go back to Washington. Uh, there was a moment last night when he went to take the stage to make his victory speech where he was interrupted by Palestinian demonstrators. Okay. Stwazi, a staunch Israel supporter in a district that may have one of the largest Jewish populations. He eventually did get his his, uh, speech in. This race was fought amidst a closely divided electorate, much much like our whole country. This race was centered on immigration and the economy, much like the issues all across our country. We won this race. We, you, won this race. Because we addressed the issues and we found a way to bind our divisions. Over at Mozzie Pillip headquarters, you can imagine it's a little bit more somber, but she gave a good speech. I just want to say how much I'm proud of you. Each one of you works so hard every single day in the last eight weeks. And we did a great job. 
We are fighters. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. I'm so proud to be part of this amazing organization, the Republican Party. You love this country. So let's keep it up, and we're going to continue to fight because we are not going to give up. We're going to bring common sense government. I promise you. The Republicans, of course, will begin the blame game. Some of it, for sure, will be the weather. There were 82 crashes in Nassau County yesterday amid the storm. That's a lot. But the voters that we spoke to, they were all trying to get to the polls no matter what. I know that it's supposed to get worse later. And right now there was like a layer of ice underneath. And then it's like six to seven inches of snow above that. So I was like, I better go before it starts like really snowing, which it is right now. If I have to, I will ski there. I decided I want to get my vote in early in case, say, oh, maybe it snowed on election day. Actually, I voted Saturday, and what made me vote is the possibility of a snowstorm. Yeah, smart move. Swazi wants to be sworn in as soon as tomorrow. It's not clear if that'll happen. Uh, he'll have to run again, by the way, come November. So will the Republicans put up Mozzie Pillip again? Well, that remains to be seen. That wasn't the only election uh, special election last night. There was another one up in the Bronx. The 77th Assembly District special election taking place last night. Democrat Landon Dayas winning over Republican Norman McGill. This was not a race that was really ever thought to go the Republicans way. A pretty blue area of the Bronx. Dayas speaking with News 12 just moments after finding out he'll be representing part of the borough up in Albany now. I'm excited. I am honored. I'm humbled that the people of the 77th made their voices heard. They came out in one of the largest snowstorms in two years uh, to say that I was their candidate, that they wanted to represent them in Albany. We built a coalition uh, from the Latino community, the African-American community, the West African communities to make sure that their voices would be heard in the 77. The district covers the neighborhoods of Morris Heights, Highbridge, Concourse, Mount Eden, Claremont. Deus will be taking the seat that was left vacant after Latoya Joyner resigned last month. Deus could be sworn in as early as today. Watching, of course, the cleanup from the snow. Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch has said her trucks were out overnight cleaning up streets that had not seen a plow. Uh, from the most part, we're getting pretty good reviews uh, because uh, there were parts of the city that were smacked relatively hard by the storm. So we have thousands of sanitation workers working through the day today and all night. We started mainly as a salt spreading operation. We ran all 700 of our salt spreaders. The city awfully quiet yesterday. People following the warning to stay home. And I really want to thank New Yorkers. Uh, uh, Jessica, I think they heard you. They were not on the street. You know, cars were not out there. People were uh, home. So the snow totals here in the city, here in Manhattan anyway, Central Park only had three and a half inches. But this was one of those weird storms that took weird curves and hit certain places harder. So out on Coney Island, seven inches of snow. Uh, Sparta in New Jersey, a foot of snow out in Farmingdale, Long Island, four inches over at Newark Airport, five inches of snow. Even my short two-and-a-half-mile ride from our studios in Manhattan went from no snow to a white wonderland in Jersey City where they got five inches of snow. And amid all this, yesterday it was a remote day for the 900,000 students of the New York City school system. They were going back to the bad old days of the pandemic, and it was not smooth at all. Parents who were trying to help their kids sign on to log into class yesterday found that they could not log on. I think it's a bit disastrous. We are not equipped 
to do successful remote learning with 24 hours notice. It'd be a lot easier if they could just have a snow day like we used to have and, and go have some fun. Yeah, the outage issues appeared uh, really quickly. So parents were home, a lot of them home because of a snow day, wish their kids just had a snow day, but ended up trying to figure out how to get their kids logged on. And it was frustrating because they weren't able to log on. The remote learning makes it extremely challenging as a parent to try to get your own personal work done. Meanwhile, trying to loop in all of their Zoom meetings that have to happen. I feel like it's been just a mad dash and a lot of course correction. And it's a shame because it, it could have been a better day. Yeah, uh, even the kids. Well, this is somebody who likes school. I was not one of those. But Stevie, she's a third grader. She said uh, she wished she had been in class yesterday because it was a waste of time. It's going horrible because my mom has to work and I'm just sitting in the back room listening to like so many minutes of learning. Yeah, most kids, uh, they tried once, weren't able to get on. I'm sure they were on the Xbox or watching something on TV. But Stevie wanted to be in class, and it, they did fix it, but uh, it took a while, and I imagine they lost a lot of students along the way. We don't have all the supplies that we need for school in my house, so it's kind of a little bit hard and challenging. Yeah, well, now it's back to class today, but it, boy, it brought people back to the bad old days of the pandemic when they had to do that every day. Uh, it's Joel Nolan's birthday today. Also, a Coney Island woman celebrating her 104th birthday at the Luna Park Older Adult Center. Uh, staff say uh, Jeanette Biggleson is a special person who still walks from her apartment to the center for exercise classes every day. If I'm tired, I can exercise sitting down. You know, you can always go like this, like this, and like this, you know. <laughs> and then you go like this, and like this, you know. I'm lucky that I have a place like this to go to besides them feeding me. <laughs> I mean, she sounds amazing. Uh, 104 years old. Happy birthday, Jeanette. And happy birthday at 557. Traffic transit on the sevens to our very own Joel Nolan. Uh, do you think you might make it to 104? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> From the Rakatita.com That's because you've test. lived a really good life. So. Oh, yeah, a lot of miles on this body right. here. Absolutely. <laughs> Southbound New York State through. Not as much as Sid, but I, I have a lot of miles. Right. Of. <laughs>